The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 142. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm mad. I'm mad at a lot of my neighbors who feel it's not important to follow social distancing rules. Really? Um, yeah, it's insane, man. It's absolutely insane. Like things are, are better in Ontario with where, where I am. It, it's been nothing like what what you guys have faced in New York, which is just wild. Um, but still, these people next door, and, and, all, all around me, all around me, just play dates. Their elderly parents are coming over. It's like they don't think the disease can get them at all, and it's insane because me and my wife are like not just confined to our house, but we don't really leave unless we have to. We haven't gone to see my parents. We haven't seen her parents. Her mom is on the phone, like, weeping. She wants to see the grandkids. And then these knuckleheads, I want to call them, next door on all on all sides, just like, ah, let's just do whatever. Ah, there's no global pandemic at all. Oh, it's ridiculous. Unbelievable. No, and I'm that, mad because of it. No, that, so a little bit of jealousy, more just kind of like, are you kidding me, people? Come on. Well, don't be jealous of stupidity because that's their own stupidity. You're doing it right. You're suffering because of it, but you're doing the right thing. Yeah, I'm jealous that they don't seem to have to suffer. Whereas we're sitting here like, I haven't seen my parents in a few months. I haven't seen. We haven't seen the the kids. Haven't seen their grandparents, and they go around now, like they have their own little masks. My kids have masks, and they put masks on their stuffies because of the virus, is what they say. It's just so sad. Yeah, that and is like, sad. My wife showed me a video that they're they're sending to the kids because in her province the kids are going back to school. Mm-hmm. And it's not getting any better. Um, and the, the, the video is like the teachers there going like, welcome to school, kids. And they have goggles, face mask, and gloves. And the kid goes in and like squirts little squirts of hand sanitizer. I'm like, do not see the... Di- How is this okay? This kid's walking into like E.T. He's walking into the end of E.T. And we're like, well, that's acceptable. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I uh, I can't even imagine. Luckily... I mean, outside of the there was the Comac protest last week, which was pretty wild. Um, yes, I saw that. Especially because Suffolk County is like probably f- number three in the country behind like Manhattan, Nassau <laughs> County, and then Suffolk County. Like it, it's insane the amount of number of cases, and I, I we don't have to get into all that, but I empathize with you because that is frustrating when people aren't taking it as seriously as they need to be yeah so you sit around feeling like you're the idiot you're the only one who didn't get the memo right like take it back to days when you're at school and you're taking a test and you're the last guy in this the in the um, taking it my god i'm so dumb right now with words you're the last one in the class you're still not done and everyone else has done their test you're going did i miss something did i just not study properly or that's how you feel no that's the worst the anxiety flowing through the roof on that one hate it yeah so now I'm just drinking, and I poured way too much into my glass, as you can tell. Wow. Okay. Heavy pour. That was accidental pour, uh, but it's all that was left in the bottle, so it's going to be a good one today. All right. Good for you, man. 
Do you have an addition for us? So as you know, I won't tell you the name of the player, but it's someone who's played 42 games for the New York Islanders. I'll get you to guess the player. Um, I'm glad it came to this because I'm about to write something about this player and what has happened to him. And I get to mouth it to you live on air to see what your reaction is. Uh, so I can't wait for this. I can't wait for the quiz. I can't wait for it. Okay. I'm really excited for it. So let's get this thing rolling, Mitch. We're going to start off with a little goalie drama. So Linus Soderstrom has played four games in the New York Islanders system over the last two years. He is a little unhappy and what's not a hundred percent sure, but he is at least looking at options of returning to his home country of Sweden. Yeah. And I see a lot of people like that. There's mixed reactions to this. Like, okay, cool. Great. Or, Oh no, no. It, the kid hasn't played in two years. Essentially. He's played four games for the Brit, not even the Bridgeport Sound Tiger. Sorry. The Wooster. I think I got that right. Uh, Matt Spazero has been grilling me uh, for days since, uh, after our patron podcast. PS hit up our patron account. Um, for for extra podcasts where we spent a whole 20 minutes detailing this specifically and I mispronounced Wooster or Worcester or whatever it is a billion times and it's okay. made a lot of fun of me. I thought it was Worcester. I just never read properly, I guess. Apparently it's Worcester or Wooster? Wooster. As in like Woo, like the Wu-Tang Clan. W-U-S-T-E-R. Okay. So, Yeah. It's a crazy name. Anyways, he's played four games, he being Linus Soderstrom, four games for the Wooster uh, Railers, is it, I believe, um, in the last two years because of injury. And he spent most of this year rehabbing from an injury. He was fit to play. He just never played. He never even practiced much, according to Brent Thompson. And now he's like, oh, uh, well, I might look at my options out in Sweden. I'm so sad. That's my sad Swedish voice. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) also my anything voice and like what what like what did this kid expect really again he's been hurt for essentially two full years and he's like why didn't i get enough playing time well you've been hurt buddy let's make sure you don't get hurt again go push some weights around yeah i don't necessarily blame the islanders for taking it slow with him at all because like you said he missed all of his first year as a pro due to injury and then they worked him in slowly he played four games it's not like he was good in those four games he had like a sub 890 save percentage I think it was like an 884 I think or something like that yeah it wasn't great and like if he's worried about like if he's if he thinks that this is just um what's the word I want I want to use here uh, if, it, if this is just a practice that they used on him alone maybe you should just go over and talk to Andrew Ladd be like yo guy is it you know like common that they take this long with rehabbing injuries and then add your lad would be like yeah it takes a while bud just get used to it they don't want you to get hurt again okay <laughs> and then he would go to thomas hickey next and then ask thomas hickey what he thought and then thomas hickey would tell him or then if you want to go back even further ryan pulak of a year he got hurt and then just spent the entire year in the ahl like this isn't a new mo for the islanders or Lou Lamorello. This isn't a new behavior pattern from the New York Islanders and their management. This is what they do when it comes to injuries because, breaking news here, they don't want you to get hurt again. Yeah, I think, and the weird part was, I know I told you this uh, in the Patreon show, but I'll say it again here. When I first saw the headline, I assumed that it was the Islanders that didn't have interest in bringing back Soderstrom. Not the reverse that Soderstrom might not have interest in returning to the Islanders because if you look at it from an investment standpoint from the Islanders I mean it, it sounds kind of shallow to say it like that but when you look at it that it, it it is kind of exactly how it is so they got virtually nothing off of this guy on his ELC they gave they gifted him whatever his ELC was because he played four games for the Islanders and I know they couldn't predict injury and stuff like that but with how their goalie situation looks, there may not even be a long-term spot for this guy. Yeah, I don't see a long-term spot in the NHL for him. Um, maybe he can be a backup in a couple of years when Simeon Varlamov's contract expires. Um, but but even then, like he'll probably look for. They could probably move him to somewhere else at that point. Um, but, but for him, like even just in the short term, there's room 
right? Like they have four goalies outside of the, the two in the NHL and three of them, including uh, Soderstrom, are on expiring deals, right? Like Chris Gibson and Jared Coho are both expiring UFAs. I don't imagine they bring both of them back. There's going to be a spot for Linus Soderstrom, whether that be in the ECHL or the AHL to play. And if you play, someone will see you and you then derive more value from that play, whether for the organization you currently play for or any other organization that might want to bring you in. Right. And that totally makes sense from a logic perspective. From the Islander side, if you see like this guy's like, oh, I'm not happy. Well, okay, then I will just bring back Chris Gibson and see what we could do with him then. Yeah, there's going to be a number of goalies on the free market, like on the free market, on the free agency market, um, that, that they can find someone else if he's not sticking around, right? So, Right. And in a perfect world, I would like Soderstrom to come back and be the AHL goalie. I think all things considered, like in a completely perfect situation for next year, it's Sorokin and Varlamov in the NHL, and Soderstrom is putting up big numbers in the AHL. That's ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And look, if he sticks, he's going to play. He's going to play, and he's going to play a lot. Like, his most, his busiest season in his career, I'm just going through the numbers here, is he played 28 games in all competitions between in the 15-16 season. Okay. He played four this year, and he was hurt. If you're telling me he's not going to end up playing 28 games either between the ECHL or AHL, uh, I got another thing coming for you. Like he's going to play, it's going to happen, right? Like if he's if he's healthy and is able to, he will right, he course. will play upwards of forty games between the two, probably. He'll at least play his highest record. Like he'll at least play twenty eight games. So like going back to Sweden, while a good option because he'll probably play with a pretty powerful HV seventy one side, which he's already won a championship with, right? Uh, and it's something comfortable for him. He's not going to get get the same rotation, and he's not going to have the same, maybe not rotation, but um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Deployment, as he would if he stayed here in North America. And and with that, like you've got all the scouts based in North America. Sure, there are European scouts, but there's a lot more here. Mm-hmm. You're just you're exposing yourself to a lot more opportunities. Yes, the the door might be closed for the NHL in the short term with the Islanders, but there are going to be 32 teams soon. Uh, there's another 31 that you can go play for potentially. Yeah, and that's the thing. It feels like he would just be giving up, and he would be giving up on him, himself, really, not the Islanders, even though in his eyes it might be, uh, hey, I'm giving up on this this team because they, they won't play me. But we we said it a million times. He didn't play because he was hurt. That's it. Yeah, like He can feel sad because he didn't play enough and he wished he had played more. And to be fair, like a lot of these comments we're taking from a Swedish newspaper and there's going to be a translation difference, maybe not difference, but dissonance, yep. right? Like or something that's lost in translation, at least. Uh, but from the, the comments that we got from the agent is that he's at least looking at options in Sweden. And to me, e- even if that's a negotiation tactic, like what are you going to get? Your boy played four games. Yeah, what Do you leverage? you're going to get any more than the $700,000 that Devin Tay signed, you're crazy. What leverage does he have? He has no Got leverage. <laughs> well, you only have two guys. You only have one guy really signed, and that's Jacob Skarek. Well, you only have the one goalie. All right, well, you see this free agency market? Yoink, I'm going to take one of those guys. I don't even care. I'll pick it from a hat. Your guy played four games. Chill. <laughs> yeah, Lou's going to say, okay, watch this. Close his eyes, reach into a hat, and pull out a name, and say we just signed him to, <laughs> to a, a contract. Hit a random button on the PS3 three times. Boom, that's our man. <laughs> Yeah, that that sounds about right. Um, but like he could, he, there's there's potential there. Again, he's sure. won a championship with HV seventy one. Uh, he had an eight in sixteen seventeen, a nine forty three save percentage, and a one thirty four goals against average. That is squeaky clean. That is tight. It is. But like that that's that's his best year yet. Like he's got potential, but he hasn't done anything since then. So if you're gonna just go back to Sweden now, just go and don't come back. Yeah, no, that that's it. Like, if you're trying to use this for leverage, then like, just go. Like, it's no sweat <laughs> off our, to you. Yeah, it's n- it's no sweat off the Islanders' back. Again, in a perfect world, yes, I would like Soderstrom to stay. But if he truly isn't happy here, then just go, man. Like, what what's holding you back? 
Nothing, nothing. The, the promise of NHL hockey, and I get it, it's compelling, but like, man, if you're not happy, don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah, man, I, I'm totally with you on that. Anything else on uh, Soderstrom before we move this thing along? Nothing. All right, so when we come back, we're going to talk about Ila Sorokin and why there's a very good reason he hasn't signed just yet. Hello and welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. We are talking Ila Sorokin and... While he's been a free man since May 1st, and it is now, as we're recording this, May 6th, he has not signed with the Islanders, so almost after a week, he hasn't signed. But Mitch, there's a pretty good reason for this, right? Well, it seems that he's waiting to see if the NHL and NHLPA will allow teams to sign players to contracts that start this year, in 2019-2020. Right, and that seems like something that the NHL would have to be a little bit more lenient on during this situation, right? What do you mean what do you mean lenient? Like allow? Well, right now no, they're not allowing it whatsoever and cuz there's a roster freeze, right? So if you can't sign guys or you can't move guys, then you shouldn't really be able to no. sign guys either. No, that's what and I mean. specific That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. Like they aren't doing this. So in order for this to happen, they would have to become more lenient. That's what I meant. Sorry, I misunderstood. Yes, you're 100% correct, Matt. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> that's okay. a little miscommunication. That's, that's okay. It happens. There's only been a, there's 142 of these, Mitch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see the NHL doing that. I, I don't see that they're going to loosen their, their grip on signing deals for this year. Uh, maybe grip is the wrong word, but you get what I'm trying to go with this. I just don't see them waving on that decision. And we're nowhere near hockey coming back anyways, right? Like, at the earliest, we're looking maybe June for hockey to start back up. Um, and then by then, I don't know what the situation is going to look like. Uh, but he's hoping, right? And, and it makes sense from his perspective, right? Because, like, he could sign this year and then start making money next year versus signing for next year and making money the year after that. Right, so he kind of expedites his process by a year of getting the RFA deal and, you know, or getting rid of the ELC a year earlier than expected. I, I don't blame him for waiting, though. Like, he has nothing to lose. It, it It's signing a deal for next year, most likely. So you have, up until next year starts, they got to figure out what's happening with the 2019-20 season first. So if he wants to sit, then just let him sit. Maybe that's what Lou's telling him. Maybe Lou's just like, hey, hold on a second, man. We'll, we'll see if you can, you know, get, get over here and play if we open back up. Yeah, m- maybe. Um... And maybe this is the way to get him to just play in the AHL as well, right? Like, get that AHL stint out of the way this year and then start next year fresh right straight in the NHL. I mean, I would I would prefer that. Then you wouldn't have to sign a cheap stopgap goalie for a couple months. Exactly. Um, so there's a bunch of permutations as to why he hasn't or why he's waiting. Uh, it could just be that they're still squabbling over money, although I doubt it at this point. Like, ELCs are capped. Um, and like Lou seems fine with the signing, uh, giving up performance bonuses and signing bonuses. Like he, he gave both to Samuel Bolduc, if I'm not mistaken. And, and while they weren't um, the max for, for signing and performance bonuses, he gave him some to a guy that is going to hit the AHL next year and probably won't see the NHL until his ELC is done. So it would surprise me that Lou thinks he's going to actually have to pay out those signing bonuses for Samuel Bolduc. Right. So, like, yeah, he got total, Samuel Bajic got a total of $247,500 in performance bonuses and $277,500 in signing bonuses. It's not anywhere near the the max, but he's giving him out to a second-round pick who we don't know what he's going to end up being like in the NHL, whereas Ilya Sorokin, it's like this guy could be the franchise saver in Nets. He could be the goalie for the next five to ten years, the next Sergei Bobrovsky type of thing. Uh, I would imagine Lou is whatever contract is being offered to Sorokin, it's max total salary and max performance and signing bonuses. Right. And I think you have to set it up that way. I really do. And th- that seems totally fair. And you get Sorokin because it would be a great deal either way. You're, you're you know, getting value on that. And then you give them probably that bridge deal after that as an RFA. Exactly. Right. And you only have to sign it for one year ELC, just, just the one. So. I'd really be surprised if the squabble is over money. Like that, that would floor me actually, and it would actually also worry me if if this is about money. 
Because at this point, like, it really shouldn't. So it, it makes sense that it's a guy waiting to see if he can have a more advantage situation. Advantage. Advent- advantageous. There we go. Thank you very much. Advantageous situation now rather than wait an extra year. It just makes sense. Yeah, it does. And there's no reason to panic. Like we said, it's not like there's any hockey going on right now anyway. No, that's true. Like, the, the, nothing's happening. There's no – if we sign him today, that makes us happy now rather than happy later. It's, it's not – he's signing. He's going to sign. He can't go anywhere else unless we trade him, which isn't happening. No, absolutely not. And honestly, like you said, I don't think Lou Lamarillo would have been so vocal about Sorokin coming over here if they didn't have the money situation like figured out. like I feel like the contract is ready. It's just like, okay, Sorokin's just got to put pen to paper, so to speak. Yeah, like his agent's probably telling him, let's hold off. Let's see if the situation changes with this whole COVID-19 thing. Let's see if they open things up and we can sign a deal this year. And if so, let's do that. Uh, and if not, then we'll just wait the year and then whatever. It's not, it's not be skin off our back. We didn't lose anything waiting. If you have time, take it, right? Yeah, that's what Lou says. We talk so, about it every week. If the shoe fits, I can only imagine Lou's like, hmm, good play, my man. I like you even more now. Now shave that face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> he, come, he comes by with his big, full beard. Oh, what? I don't speak. Yes, no. It's quite, that's quite all right. Let him rock the beard. That's what I say. We know it's not going to happen, but that would no, be pretty of course. Uh, so, yeah, we just wanted to put that out there not to really panic about Ela Sorokin because uh, it, it looks like all things are going to be just fine. He's just kind of waiting things out a little bit. That's all. Yeah, I've seen comments online of saying, like, well, he can't even play this year. Well, he, he can. If he signs a deal this year, he could. Um, as long as he's on the reserve list, which he is, he can sign a deal after the trade deadline. That's no problem. He can still play in the playoffs for the Islanders, although I don't imagine that'll be the case. Right. I imagine he signs an ELC um, and he goes and plays in Bridgeport, if anything, if he signs a deal. Right. I would put it at slim chance of this happening. But as we said, it does. It's no reason not to try. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like five percent chance this could happen. And it goes down by like a quarter of a percentage point every day from here on in. Absolutely. So with that, let's move over to Matt Barzal receiving some pretty high praise from a uh, pretty good player in Mark Shifley. Never heard of him. <laughs> Mitch, did you see our uh, our tweet with that quote? Blew up pretty big. Did you see who liked it? Robin Leonard unprompted like that. That was pretty cool. I know. I was just sitting here typing away, and then boom, Robin Leonard on my phone. I went, wait, what? Yeah, the like, panda. The pa- just like, it, This is not a big thing, right? It's not a big deal. Hey, this was. I, it came out like a week and a half ago. No. Shrifley said this. Yeah, I just, I just made a graphic on it today. I was like, hey, let me put it on social. And then, and then Robin Leonard. I got a push notification from Robin Leonard. That felt pretty good. It felt good that my phone was graced by the presence of Robin Leonard. It must have felt even better for you doing up the tweet and, and someone like Robin Leonard seeing your work and going, I like this. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It, so okay, well, what, what did Shifley say about uh, our man Barzell? He said that he's someone who could lead the league in scoring one day. Wild. Ridiculous. Next. Debug. I've seen so many comments like, that's stupid. No, it could never happen. Blah. But the thing that For drives me non-Leafs crazy. non-Leafs fans, non-Leafs fans, mind you. I, I, I hate when people get like that, especially at times like this, because these are the times, and like over the summer and stuff like that, you get into all the hypotheticals, you get into the what ifs, and this is literally just one person's opinion. All we're doing is saying... Do you believe what Mark Shifley said? And you could make the case that no, he won't make lead the league in points one day. And I say, huh, okay, you know what? That probably makes sense because he had 60 points this year and 62 last year. But when you look at his skill set, he projects as someone who could be a point-per-game player or maybe even a little bit better. I would argue that with Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl in the league and stuff like that, it's going to be very hard to lead the league in points, but I don't think it's an egregious statement from Mark Shifley. The thing that you have to remember with hockey players, and I'm not just saying to you, but like to everyone, is like they're they're kind of hyperbolic. And it's not just hockey players. Most people are. You talk about someone you really like and you hype them up, you're like, greatest guy ever. You know, best, my, my buddy Gavin, when you look in his eyes, is like the first time you heard the Beatles play. <laughs> right? Like that, 
I love my buddy Gavin. He is a great individual. I, I've never heard the guy curse. Uh, he never gets mad, ever. Like, ever. He's like Ned Flanders type thing. Doesn't even hate going to the post, law, the post office. Just absolute, like, excellent guy. But still, what I just said is ridiculous. That's not exactly what happens when you meet Gavin. So the thing with Mark Shifley, it's not that he, he, he actually thinks that Matthew Barzell will be better than Connor McDavid, for example. It's that he thinks this highly about this player, that his skill set, like you said, translates to a player who could be a dominant force in, in the NHL. And I don't think anyone could disagree with that. Right. That's kind of how I interpreted it, too. I wasn't sitting there and saying, like, oh, Mark Shifley think Matt Barzell is going to be the best player in the league. That's not how I took it. I took it as more of like his skill set is better than what he's produced over the last couple of years, and he could be someone who could put up like 90-plus points in a season. I've said it for the last two seasons. I still have egg on my face. Right, The last two seasons in a row, I've said Matthew Barzell will score 90 points, and I was dead wrong both times. And it's not to say that his skill set isn't any good, and, and I think everyone agrees that what, what is maybe holding Matthew Barzell back is the same argument we had with John Tavares. Probably. You don't have the right winger surrounding him. No. No, it's true. When you have Anders Lee there, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And it's no disrespect to Anders Lee, who I think is a very solid top six player, but I don't think it fits really with what Barzell's trying to do. I don't. I, I think... Lee had a bit of an unlucky season this year, and maybe if he was a little bit luckier uh, in terms of his, his conversion from shots to goals, we'd be saying, singing a different story. Uh, but he wasn't, and so we are. And it just, that's what happens with a, a net front guy like that that generates all of his scoring chances up front. And is, um, what's, what's the word I want to use here? Not derivative. It's kind of like he, he feeds off of else. He doesn't create the play himself, right? Like, it doesn't, he's not the one opening up the ice surface for others and then like ringing shots from the face-off circle or off the half wall. Now he's standing in front of the net and it's still a lot to do. It's not an easy job, but he's not opening up the play. There's other guys that need to be doing these things that get him the puck to do what he does. Uh, and, and because of that, he's a little bit one-dimensional in a way. And so that doesn't lend itself to a guy like Matthew Barzal. Matthew Barzell needs guys to flow in the wing with speed and can rifle shots from everywhere because Matthew Barzell will feed you the puck in anywhere on the ice. Right. And, I mean, we talked about it for a while that we think Anders Lee fits a lot better with Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey. But I think the, the point of this whole thing was that Barzell is someone who, yes, maybe in some people's eyes has underachieved a little bit the last two years, but... Around the league, I think, is someone who the players respect and someone who, like, they think of him as, like, one of the up-and-coming guys in the league. Oh, absolutely. And that reverberates clearly with what Mark Shifley was saying, right? Like, the, the question where this came up is he was asked, what players do you like to watch? Because this guy watches a ton of hockey. He goes home, watches hockey, and that's it. Like, that's all he watches on TV. He just eats, sleep, eats hockey. Uh, and... One of the guys he said was Matthew Barzell and ended that statement by saying this guy can lead the league in points eventually. Yeah, which I think some people got a little too bent out of shape over these comments. Yeah, and which is what happened. Like, that's Twitter, right? Like, that happens for everything. Um, but one more thing on the Anders Lee front into why he doesn't necessarily fit with what Matthew Barzell sure. is. Um, there, there's one thing that Matthew Barzell doesn't necessarily do that other centers might do. He's not a shooter. He started shooting more, but he doesn't shoot as much as other guys. And what's one thing that Anders Lee, as a net front presence guy, needs? He needs a guy that shoots the puck. That's why it works with a guy like... It's not to say that Josh Bailey shoots the puck. It's just he knows where, where Anders Lee's going to be. But a guy like Brock Nelson, that works. Brock Nelson's a shooter. Get him there. If Brock Nelson isn't scoring the goal, he's getting it on net, and Anders Lee can just put it in. Right, and that's obviously why it worked with Tavares, too. Exactly. Tavares is going to get you two 250 shots per year, whereas Matthew Barzal is getting you 175 to 179, I think, in a good year. Yeah, 179 is his career high. So, like, there, there's a big difference there. That's a lot of shots not going towards the net in a year, right? If there's 250 at its highest... 
and 179, we're at 70, 70 shots. That's an extra shot per game. That's a lot. He had 171 in 68 this year. So over the course of a 82-game season, that's 206. So just barely over two shots per game. That's not a lot. Whereas if you look at a guy like Tavares, and I, I'm mouthing off these numbers. I, I don't necessarily know the Tavares numbers, but I would imagine they're close to the 200 range for a guy who can score 30, right? Almost 50 this year. He, I would imagine he's up to like the two plus. He had 286 shots last year. It's 100 more, right? What about when he was with the Islanders? Because maybe it's a different role now he's in Toronto. I wouldn't imagine so, but... 257, 260, 250, 278. There you go. So not even below 250, at least 250 is what he's getting you. Again, when we're talking about Barzell, let's even just round it up to 180. We're at 70 shots per year difference minimum. That's a lot. That's a lot of rubber not going towards the net. Where a guy like Anders Lee, that's what he thrives off of. Right, and I agree with you that Anders Lee, I think, was a little bit unlucky this year. I'm not buying that he's going to, like, the wheels are going to fall off Milan Lucic style on this guy. Oh, no, no, no. Look, just look at his power play numbers. The power If the power play was just half decent, Anders Lee would be okay. Because he has, I think it's 14, I'm going to say 14 even strength goals. No, sorry, it's 18. It's 18 even strength goals, and that means he has two power play goals, right? Because he's got 20 on the year. Yeah, I believe it's either 20 or 21. Like, that's not a normal Andersley year. He's he's getting double like double digits in, on the power play usually. Right, usually you're 100. percent Yeah, he's got 20 goals by the way. Um, yeah, he's usually someone. He had 10 last year on a 28 goal year and 14 the year before that on a 40. No, that's assist. What am I looking at? 14 and 10 in terms of yeah, power no, play right. goals. Yeah, 14 and then and 10. two, and then two. That's a big drop off. And like, even if you pace it out to a full 82 games, he's not getting to 10. It's just, it's just not happening with no. 68 games played. No. I, I, he's not going to go. I don't expect the wheels to completely fall off with Lee. No, the talent is still there. The talent has not changed. Uh, it's just the variables around him with who he's surrounding himself with uh, have changed. Right? Like, Look at the ice times that he's got with Matthew Barzell this year. He was attached to Matthew Barzell's hip, and, and it didn't work. And I wrote today in, in an article, like, they should really put Anthony Bovillier back up there. Yeah, man, I'm not opposed to that. I'm really not. Like, I, I know everyone's going to say, well, they should get someone better than that. Yes, obviously, of course. I would love for them to go get Leon Dreisaitl. I would love for them to go maybe even get Taylor Hall. But where's the money on that? Oh, well, just trade Letty and trade Boychuk. Okay. Done. 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 Anything else? Anything else? Is there a pot of gold over there you can hand me too while you're at it? Let's relax a second here. I would love for them to trade Letty and Boychuk. That makes sense. But that's probably not going to happen. So let's deal with the variables we have in front of us. Putting Bovillia on the top line, you can convert a guy who's got a $2.1 million cap hit into maybe a 60-point player. That that makes a lot of sense, does it not? Yes. I, you, essentially what you were saying in the article, or how I took it as, like, based on who the Islanders have, exactly, you use like b- optimizing Bo would in that spot would be the plan. You understood? Yes, yes of yes. course. I got that right, right away. Very clear. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, like, it just it just makes sense. And then you you put it's not bumping down Lee. Like I saw a lot of comments of like you want more uh, stability on those lines or, or chemistry. Well, that works. You, you got Bo, who's a smooth skater, who seems to have figured out his game on a consistent basis. Put him on a line with more offense, with a guy who can skate with, who ha- he has chemistry with. Why not? Yeah, go back to the Bo barzell Everly line. That makes sense, man. Like Over the last three years, Barzal has produced 74 points with Eberle, 5-on-5. And 53 points with Beauvillier. And that's one and two over the last three years. Yeah, that like, makes sense then. What are you, what are you doing here? Why, why are we even talking about Lee? Yes, there's a potential there. But like we've seen what Lee can do with the other guys who are already here. Let's get him with the guys he already has chemistry with. Yeah, and not like like you said, not a knock on Lee. That would probably optimize Lee too. 
Exactly. It's not to say he, we're, we're dropping him down. It's like the ice time is probably going to be more. Lee, we're going to give you maybe a more defensive role, perhaps, but we're also going to put you in a position to succeed. Oh my God, doesn't that work? Yeah, I, I'm i with you. I agree 100% with you, man. So I'm getting heated. I'm going through this whiskey a little bit too quickly. <laughs> I want to get into it's the not qu- whiskey, sorry. It's Kentucky bourbon. Ooh, okay. Sounds good. Shall we get into the quiz, Mitch? Yes. So, like you know, this is a player who's played 42 games for the New York Islanders. I will give you five guesses. Each guess is a little bit easier to to, to narrow down to who is the player I'm talking about. So, guess number one, or clue number one, I should say. I was born July 24th, 1978. Next. Yeah. If you ever guess it on their birth date, I'm just going to stop the game right there. (laughs) I last played competitive hockey in 2013-14. I think he was playing in the Czech Republic at that point. Next. Uh, oops, I skipped a po- I skipped one. Sorry, but doesn't matter. It's they're both as complicated. Number three, I'm a defender with five points across, across three seasons for the Islanders. So a defender with five points in 42 games for the Islanders total. Next. He was born in 78, played last played in 1314. Next. I was drafted twice by the Islanders. First, the first time, 192nd overall in 1996, and then 182nd overall in 1998. I don't know. Next next one? Okay. This is very easy, or it should be. My last name is Korolev, and my first name is the same as a penguin star. Evgeny? Yes. Evgeny Korolev was drafted twice by the Islanders. Twice by the, that? I guess Milbury really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> not not enough, right? Because that, that's the thing. They drafted him, didn't sign him, and then he re, re-entered the draft and like, let's take him. Like, a, a round earlier, right? They took him 10 picks earlier than before. Okay, that's just stupid. Yeah. They're, they're, he's not the first one. I, I found only three players... I'm, there might be more, but only three players who've been drafted twice by the same team. Korolev, uh, Tim Brent was drafted twice by the Carolina Hurricanes, and Pierre Bergenet, I believe, was drafted twice by the Montreal Canadiens. If you know, you listener, know of a player who's been drafted twice by the same team, please let me know because I want to write something, and I haven't been able to narrow it down yet. Okay, that's interesting. I like that one. So, there we go. All right, so when we come back, we're going to get into the social segment and what's trending on Isles Twitter. Welcome back to the Eyes on Isles podcast. Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson with you talking about trending stuff in the social segment. Mitch, what do you got? Uh, it's not trending. Uh, I, don't, I don't deal with the trending because I'm not very good at the whole finding out what's trending, even though I guess I could, you could just look for likes. Anyways, there's a tweet here from Scott Wheeler, who is a writer for The Athletic. And it says, Isles prospect Robin Salo is better than he looks. I poured over tape to break down how that's possible for the Athletic NYC. And if you have not read this, it is in depth. It made okay. me love Robin Salo. I, I want him here now. I'm going to give it a read because I wasn't, I'm not like super high on this kid. So maybe I'll give it a read and it'll change my mind. This thing isn't going to say like he's going to be the next Norris candidate. It's like this is going to be a solid maybe bottom four defenseman. Still, it's, it's cool. that's cool with me. Like he's not a good skater. Well, he's not. He's a he's a fine skater. Uh, he he's NHL. Like his skating is NHL caliber, but his IQ is outstanding. And he he's he's got size, right? Like he's six two or something like that. Six two one one eighty or or whatever. He he's an above average size NHLer. Like this kid is everything you want him to be. I'm gonna. Check it up now, because now, now I'm like, is he actually 6'2"? Salo? I, that sounds right. I I spewed it out. He's 6'1", 187. I was close. Okay. I was close. So, um, this kid is apparently really good. The video, like, he's got videos of him walking the line and, and showing that he's not, like, over-reliant on a slap shot. He likes to place a wrist shot there, which is great, because we got guys that just like to throw bombs and then miss a net by two miles. Uh, so... Read it. It's long, but it's worth it. Okay. I like that. 
my first one is also from The Athletic, and it says, it's a tweet just from their main account, if your team could have one do-over oh. in franchise history, what would it be? So, Mitch, I ask you, what is yours? I don't know. <laughs> There's so many. There's so many. Um, I'm trying to think of something that, that altered the the fabric of the franchise. I have one. Hiring Mike okay. Milbury. Hiring Mike Milbury. Yeah, that that's what I wanted to say too. But like it goes beyond Milbury, doesn't it? Yeah, but it certainly didn't help. No, it didn't help. I, I I'm not fully versed on the owners. It's it's something that I I can't like rattle off the top of my head. Uh, I know who the owners are now. I I, I can't rattle off and at the owners before them even. Um, but I can't rattle off all of them. But like the owners that that went from like the dynasty years afterwards, the ones that just didn't want to pay out. Yeah, it was like the Nassau. It was a group of four people in, from Nassau. Yeah, that that's it. I I can't remember all of their names. Uh, I want to say Goldenstein, but I think they came afterwards. Um, them. That that's what I want to go with because I think it's more than just the Mike Milbury. Whereas Mike Milbury was a terrible GM. I think it goes higher than this, right? If you're like rubbing your hands for like conspiracy theories, like it, it's higher than this. It goes all the way to the top, baby. Yeah. No, that usually it starts with ownership. So I'll, I'll give you that one. I think that's totally fair. So that that's what I would do. Ownership in like the early nineties. Whenever it changed over, uh, even then, like late 80s, them. That's what I would do. Okay. So if not, there's there's a litany of Yashin trade, Luongo trade. My God, like the Luongo trade itself would be would be huge because then you're not committing yourself to uh, DiPietro. And that maybe you're giving that ridiculous contract to uh, Luongo, which you're still probably buying out at this point. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Probably, but at least you would have gotten uh, value on it. <laughs> yeah, a, a pretty darn good value. You, you'd have one year left after this. Okay, yeah, I, I'd suck it up. Right, like that's not a big deal whatsoever. If you're paying him $4.5 million, pff, Bobby Lou was making more than that, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a whole litany of them, but like that, that's the one I would do is go up to the ownership and then go, go by trade by trade because some of those trades were just atrocious. Yeah, the Luongo one is definitely one that sticks out for sure. Yeah, which really plays into Mike Milbury's um, strategy at rebuilding this team, right? Like he was very much of, I'm going to use draft capital to trade and acquire aging, like not aging, but veteran players to build up my team. And that never really panned out for him. They made the playoffs why, like twice or something like that, but never really did anything outside of that. Three years in a row and got bounced in the first round each of the three years. Right, it was three years. Uh, so that's it, it wasn't a good strategy. And then when you consider some of the players he traded away, you're like, God, Jesus, Murphy, Mike, come on, bud. Like, that was not a good idea. At least keep some of these guys. Yeah, no, it, it was really bad. Yeah, so there's that. Um. This next one that I have is from the NHL. It's a statement that they put out regarding the Brendan Leipzig and Jack Roadwald's situation, which uh, I'll read the statement. I guess we could talk a little bit about it. NHL says from their official Twitter uh, PR account, PR underscore NHL, the NHL, ho- the National Hockey League strongly, strongly condemns the misogynistic and reprehensible remarks made by players Brendan Leipzig and Jack Roadwald in a private group chat that has surfaced on social media. There is no place in our league for such statements, attitudes, and behaviors, no matter the forum. We will address this inexcusable conduct with the clubs and players involved. Yeah, just don't be jerks, people. Just just don't be a jerk. Yeah, they essentially it was an Instagram group chat, and they were just saying some uh, pretty rough things about uh, a, a bunch of different people. They threw line mates under the bus. They said some pretty nasty things about women. It, it was a tough read. I, I have not read what he said, nor do I want to. Um, but just, just don't be jerks, people. Like it just, it doesn't make any sense. Why, why do you need to say things disparaging things about other people? It just doesn't make any sense. If you want to say like terrible things, just don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Or maybe it doesn't don't. make sense. Like, why? It, it, it takes less energy to not do it than do it. Just don't. Agree. But if you're going to be stupid enough to say it, 
don't put it in written form so that it could be shared to the world. Yeah, like there's stupid on both fronts, right? Like stupid for saying it and stupid for putting it out there where it could be shared. Yeah. Like, come on now, man. Like just, just dumb, just dumb all around embarrassing like th- this guy is not playing in the nhl ever again because not only did he make disparaging comments about other people's wives but he made disparaging comments about his line mates the the thing that we keep hearing from nhl players is like oh it's like a warfare they're they're like your brothers you're, you're in the trenches every day with them and this guy's calling them idiots or something like that insane no, that was rough just absolutely just deplorable just deplorable like we we there, there's enough uh, misogynistic behavior already. We we don't need it uncovered. Just just don't. It's 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 that easy. It's really that easy. Oh, I want to say something terrible about someone. Just don't. You don't have to say something nice about them. Just don't say something bad about them. It's that easy. Keep it to yourself. Keep those thoughts in your own head. Yeah, just lol in your own head. I do it all the time. I have a good joke. I just don't spew it out because I know it's not that good. But I think it's damn funny, and I keep it in my head. If with some of your jokes, I wonder what are the ones that don't get cleared. They're bad, man. There's <laughs> a lot of bad jokes up in here. What else you got for us? Uh, a last one I've got here is from. Let me just pull it up. It's Eric Islander. I know that much. Uh, and it's, he says, <clears throat> "Those of you calling a 19 year old a bust, don't quit your day job." And that was from May 15th. So, uh, Matt, who have you recently called a bust? A 19 year old. Oh, uh, Simon Holmstrom. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Simon maybe. Holmstrom he, he doesn't say who he references but it, that's not the point of the tweet I, I'm not trying to say like oh well uh, the point here is that we've seen people say disparaging things about 19 year olds like oh they're a bust they haven't done anything yet and we said it about Michael Del Cole although it's not a bust necessarily but certainly not living up to fifth overall uh, but he he's right. Like, just chill on 19-year-olds. Like, they're only 19, right? Like, a guy like Simon Holmstrom, yes, he did not have outstanding numbers in, in the AHL. But he went from European hockey to North American hockey like that, and he adopted himself pretty well. Adapted himself. Adopted himself. My goodness. No, I and I was kind of being facetious with the Simon Holmstrom while I— Oh, you were just trying to find a 19-year-old. I, I get it. Yeah. Um— I definitely think when it comes to when it comes to him specifically, you, you hope that he could stay healthy and continue to produce. That's a given. Uh, I I understand where the he's coming from though on that tweet. I think that some people are a little quick to judgment sometimes, and maybe that's a little ironic coming from me. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean he, he he has a good point. Like, he, he being Simon Holmstrom, we'll just assume he's talking about him. I, I don't think it is. He doesn't say hashtag Isles. It's not necessarily about Islanders players. It could be anyone. Um, but l- let's just focus on Holmstrom because he's definitely catching uh, the brunt of the gruff from Islanders fan bases, if, if there's a brunt of a gruff to be given. Uh, but he played 39 games last year in all competitions. He played 46 this year, and he was still hurt. Right, like he played yeah. more. That's going to be huge towards his development. Yes, he only put up 15 points, but a lot of those points came at the end of the year. Uh, he was figuring it out, and people were noticing it. So I, I would expect, maybe not big things from him next year, but I would expect him to take a step forward and be a prominent figure for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers next year. Not call-up worthy, but borderline. But like, yeah, productive for the Sound Tigers. I could see it. Sure. Yeah, and then the year after that, when he's 20 years old, right? Because he was the youngest player to play in the AHL this year. Um, he is He's only 18. He only turns 19 this month. Okay, so then he's going to, yeah, he'll be 19 all next year. And then, yeah, maybe he gets a shot at 20. Yeah, like that makes sense. And he's still young. He's 20. He's 20. And he might have a shot at the NHL after two years of development in the, in the AHL. Like, so far, so good from him. I, I'd say I don't want anyone to say bust about Simon Holmstrom just yet because it's, no. it's not even close to being true. No, that's that's way too early. I agree. I wasn't, I'll, I'll say that I wasn't necessarily a fan of the pick for where he was taken, but I am not. the book is not anywhere close to being out on him. No, exactly. So, 
Uh, so let's get a couple of plugs in here before we wrap this up. So wherever you are listening to this show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating or review. Really helps us out. We appreciate it. You can also follow us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Facebook is facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. Visit the website eyesonisles.com for all your New York Islanders needs. And lastly, if you're interested, we do weekly mailbag shows, post-game podcasts when there's games. But if there's no games, we do about 30-minute in-depth podcast twice a week. We have a newsletter slash newscast now that we're trying mm-hmm. out which is a lot of fun. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. You get all that and so much more for five bucks a month. Definitely worth your while. Episode 142 is in the books. It was a good one, Mitch. And uh, we'll be back next week, right? Yes, sir. We'll be back next week with uh, much less bourbon. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Going to cut back on the drinking just a little bit for us, for the (laughs) both of us next week. That'll do it for us for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.